Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, if I can, I'm just going to get some friends up here and just let them wake up a little bit. And I'll come back and talk, talk about them in just a, in a little bit. But have you been doing all right concerning the love affair? Have you been stretched? Have you been just purposing to pursue God and pursue those that you love with a little more vigor? <laughs> you know, last week, if, if, if you've been with us for any length of time, you know that on the second week of or the second Sunday of the month is we always invite our big kids up for service uh, just because we want them to engage with us in worship and let us be the example as parents as what it is to have a love affair with God and so that they can begin to follow in our footsteps. But last week, one of the moms came up to me and she says, uh, um, Pastor, I just, um, you know, you're, you're talking on the subject called love affair. And I just want to make sure that you're not going to have a certain kind of talk with our kids upstairs this week. And so, uh, my wife even warned me. She goes, hey, remember that the kids are going to be upstairs this week. And so you got to be careful. It's got to be PG. And, and, and so, uh, again, uh, we've we've not uh, necessarily judged that right in the past. But praise the Lord, uh, we did okay last week, didn't we? All right. <laughs> Had moms coming and saying, you know, my kids were asking me questions. And thank you very much for that. You know, so, all right. I am sorry for that. But uh, no, we're keeping it PG again today. And so for the sake of just stirring up this love affair, we're going to take a little bit different direction. But it has every bit to be applicable to our everyday lives in the relationships that we have with our significant others, with our husbands, our wives, our our children, and just our family, uh, a church family for that matter. But have you ever noticed that, that there are things that you do, there's things that you like, as a result of those people in your life that you love, right? Did you ever notice that you talk a certain way, that you act a certain way, that there's some mannerisms that you begin to take on as a result of those people, those those loved ones that you have in your life, whether it be a father or a mother or a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Come on, am I talking to the right crowd? There's things that we begin to do that are really similar to them because of just being in love with them and they have a tendency of rubbing off on us, right? I talked about, uh, you know, a family that was uh, shooting guns and slinging lead yesterday. Uh, that one particular wife, I guess, uh, she never shot a gun before, but her husband introduced that to her. And as soon as she got a gun in her hand, she's like, I like it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's, you know, don't make the wife mad because she's liking that gun too much. You know? <laughs> but there's this things that we end up doing as a result of the relationship of loved ones that we have. Whether it be the the certain activities, maybe it's the food, maybe it's the recreation. When you're in love, you just simply begin to do what the others like to do, right? It might not be something that you're necessarily familiar with or comfortable with, but oftentimes you try to do or be with that individual that you love and you begin to accommodate that person and do what they like to do, right? Right? My wife, you know, she was never one to ride motorcycles. In fact, she really didn't have much of a father example in her life. But since I 
married her. We bought a motorcycle, and she just loves riding the motorcycle. If you remember, just a, a, a couple years back, I think you all bought me a, a, a leather uh, jacket for my birthday or something. Well, she's been wanting one just like it. She goes, that's just cool. That looks really cool. I want one like that. And so for Christmas, I got one just like it for her, and she looks pretty cool, and she can't wait to get out there. Now, don't tell her this, all right? I left the price tag on it. But when I bought it, it was like 60% off. So, I mean, I scored <laughs> I scored big points, man. Like She's like, whoa. She goes, it was that much? I'm like, well, that's what was on the sticker, baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but again, she loves riding motorcycles just simply because she got around me and loves to do what I love to do. You know, uh, last week, uh, my truck was acting up. And I, I was having trouble starting it, and so I put it on the charger and thought, well, maybe it's an alternator, maybe it's a bad battery. But I thought, man, I just bought the battery about a year and a half ago. And so I took it up to AutoZone. I said, hey, can you test my battery for me and tell me whether or not it's, a, it's good or not? And so he went out there and he tested it, and he says, yeah, it's a bad battery. So we went back inside, got his tools. He wrenched on it, took the battery out, put a whole new one in. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm getting a battery free and I'm getting all the labor free. Praise the Lord. Well, in the process, he's seeing my truck and he's asking me about church and blah, blah, blah. And so he says to me, he says, yeah, he said, I used to go to a good church out in Colorado where I'm from. He said, man, I was really involved with the church. I really love that church. I really miss it. And I said, well, what brought you here? Said a woman. (laughs) And then he said, yeah. And he said, next week, I'm actually moving back to Oklahoma. I said, you were moving back to Oklahoma? He said, yeah, it didn't work out with the woman. <laughs> well, so obviously, he was willing to move across the country from Colorado to a place called Clio, Michigan, for a woman. Because he thought he was in love. And so once again, we as individuals, it's just natural that when we want to be with a person, we do oftentimes what they like to do. Is that right? And if you start feeling unappreciated if you start feeling as though that other person don't appreciate you once again that's when things begin to break down within a relationship doesn't it when we don't feel appreciated or when we don't appreciate the other person or when we're not thankful for what they bring once again it begins to break down and really that's just a a big ploy and a tactic of the enemy is to not allow us or get us from a position of appreciating what we have and always looking at what could be. The grass is always greener on the other side. Well, I wish my life was like the soap opera. Well, you realize that their life isn't that way either. They're actors. They get paid to act that way, right? And anytime you think that the grass is greener on the other side, it's because the lawn has the septic tank underneath of it. Come on. It's never greener on the other side. It just appears that way. And if, it, if we allow ourselves to look to the other side thinking that something's better, we won't appreciate or be thankful for what we have. And as a result, we'll start to look for something better. Can you say amen? amen. Why do our marriages get into trouble or our relationships? It's because we don't appreciate or we're not thankful for what we have. And as a result, we start looking for what might be better. Amen? Well, when it comes to our relationships with one another, we got a purpose to appreciate that. we got a purpose to appreciate what God's done for our lives. You know, I mentioned to you 
that yesterday I happened to go to Frankenmuth, you know, it was uh, the daddy-daughter dance thing that they got going on at the schools. And so I talked to my daughters and I, I said, well, would you like to go to the dance? I said, you know, all we ever do is go stand there. I said, you never really dance or do anything. I said, we just stand. And then I said, then we always go out to dinner afterwards. I said, well, what, what would you like to do? We could just go right to dinner. We'd go to Frankenmuth, go on a carriage ride and go shopping or something like that. I said, would you rather do that versus, and she's like, yeah, I, I like to do that. Well, then my youngest daughter, she says, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay home. I, okay, you're going to wish that you hadn't. And she did when my daughter came home with a bag of clothes. And she's like, look what dad did for me. She's like, oh, I didn't know you are going shopping. I said, well, I told you we are going shopping. But nevertheless, as we're in the car talking, my daughter starts talking to me about just the relationships that are being established at school. And she started talking about the cool kids. Isn't it funny that there comes a time in your life where you start to identify the cool kids? And people start to recognize you. And you start to be conscious of the clothes that you wear, the way that your hair is, and how you interact. And you always want to be accepted, right? You always want to be a part of that group. But she made this realization. She says, why is it that it seems like all the cool kids are mean? And she started talking about her girlfriend that was her best friend, but now is trying to get into the, the cool kid crowd. And the cool, cool girl said to her, you've got one chance to be a part of our group. And if you blow it, you're not in our group. She goes, why are they so mean? And so that just really opened up a big conversation for us to talk about what it means to be accepted, what it means to be loved, what it means to be thankful for what we have, rather than always trying to become and trying to be something that we're not. What is it that God has made us to be? And I told her, I said, you know what? It's normal for for every kid to want to be cool and be accepted and be one of the cool kids. I said, but for me as a father, I said, the greatest desire that I have is that my kids know God. And fulfill the purpose that they have for their life. I said, you know what? You're going to be a kid and it's going to go by so fast. I said, but you know what? I said, the coolest kids are the kids that know God. I said, you know what? You can be the prettiest girl and have the best looking clothes. You can be the best looking guy and have the biggest muscles. And I said, and you can still go to hell. I said, so I don't care whether you're cool or not. I said, you'll be cool just because you're God's kids. I said, but one thing that I want for sure to know is that my children are going to heaven. Amen? And see, that's the whole point as far as us having this love affair with God. If we really knew how much God loves us, what He actually has done, if our relationship was, with Jesus was truly real to where I understood what He did for me, that I'm righteous with God, that I'm forgiven of my sins, that I'm going to heaven, that He truly loves me, I would truly begin to have a life of thankfulness and appreciation. And see, you remember I talked about the lack of appreciation in a relationship between a husband and a wife and how it begins to break down. But if I don't really begin to realize all that Jesus came to do for me, I won't pursue the love affair. But come on, if you realized how righteous you are with God, as a child of God, that you're forgiven, that you're going to heaven, 
Oh, how much we would truly begin to love God. If I knew the weight of that love, that God's not rejecting me, that I'm not going to hell. Man, how much I would love to tell people about the love affair that I have with God. Because of the price that He paid for me. And because of my thanksgiving and thankfulness towards Him. I would begin to share and express that love that I have for Him. Because He loves me. Now I know for some that's a little bit challenging to think. Well, I would tell people about Jesus. Well, let me ask you this. If somebody just out of the blue. That you never knew, never met before. But all of a sudden they just happened to pop into your life. And they said, I want to pay your house off. And they actually did it. Or they said, hey, how much do you owe on your car? I want to pay that off. And they did it. Or you had student loans that you've been paying off for the last 20 years. And you still have a, a, a huge debt to pay. And somebody says, I want to pay off that debt. Or maybe it's medical bills that have been piling up. And they say, I want to clear that. Make it free and clear so that you have no debt, no weight, no burden in your life. What would that do for your life? You'd be like, oh dear God. Cody, I want to tell you. Somebody bought my house. They paid it off. How excited you would be to tell somebody about the debt that had been lifted. Man, somebody bought that car. Man, I had, I still had three years to pay on that. And they paid it off. I go get that Harley now, man. Praise God. Would you be ashamed? Would you be afraid? Would you not be excited to tell somebody about the debt relief in your life that somebody came and lifted that burden? But when it comes to telling people about Jesus or just sharing this love affair, or really how much God loves you, it's not telling them about their sin. It's not telling them about their fault. It's simply saying, God loves me. Oh, how He loves me. Let me tell you. But all of a sudden we get a little squeamish. A little bashful. A little afraid. Well, you know, that's not politically correct. You don't think about politics when you tell somebody, hey, they paid my house off. What would they be doing? Can you introduce them to me? Right? Are they still around? That's the same thing that would really happen when we're truly in love with the one that loves us is he still around can you introduce him to me because i want that freedom i want that debt to be released you would not be afraid that's one of the things that as our lead team this has been our goal the beginning of this year we have an accountability thing in fact we went around the table as we were meeting we said how many people are you pursuing every month to reach for jesus Either to invite them to church or lead them to the Lord. And every single one of us went around and said, this is the number that I'm believing God for. Why are we doing that? Because I believe that God has called us to be a, a church that has a love affair with Him and a love affair with people. And therefore, it is exciting to hear people come back and say, man, I got to talk to somebody at work. And I didn't even think the conversation was going to go there. But man, I got to tell them about Jesus. Why are we doing that? Because we want to lead in the love affair. And some have said, well, you know what? I've not ever done that before. That's not commonplace to me. But listen, if you knew how much you were loved, if you knew the debt that had been paid, 
if you knew how free you have become because of the love that God has for you. Oh, how easy and the desire that we would have to share that with one another. Can you say amen? In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, it says this. It says, I love those who love me. And to those who seek me diligently will find me. When you love somebody, you seek them. I said, when you love somebody, you seek them. Come on. There's times that I've went out of town and I've missed my kids. I've missed my wife. Why? Because I've been away from them and I've longed to be with them. Right? Come on, how many of you... Don't raise your hand. But if your husband happened to disappear, how many of you would call for a search party? Now, like I said, don't don't answer that the other way. (laughs) No! I haven't seen him. I don't have you seen him? I don't know where he's at. No, if our loved one happened to disappear, we would begin to seek after them, wouldn't we? Because we love them. Well, God said this, I love those who love me. And because they love me, they seek after me. And when they seek after me, they will find me. Come on, that's why it's so difficult for us to even entertain this idea of talking about our love affair with God with other people it's because we've never really truly pursued him that last song that we sing you can have it all Lord I surrender all see we always want to have our one hand in control and saying God you can have this part of my life but God says I want it all and if we would truly give it all to God we would find him like we've never found him before John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, here's where we end up getting into the ditch because people have this idea when it comes to church, well, if I love God, I got to do something. How many of you know that when it comes to loving your spouse, you don't do it because you have to, you do it because you want to, right? I've got an awesome wife that does laundry, that, that, that does dishes, that cooks food. She, she does all that domestic stuff. Not because I tell her she has to. Not because I say, this is the kind of house that we live in. She just does it because she wants to, to serve me and to serve her kids. Right? You just naturally begin to do something as a result of the love that we have in our heart. And Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. And just a couple verses down, he goes on to say this. He says, now, if you love me, keep my commandments. But he who keeps my commandments, uh, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. Now, notice these words. I will love him and manifest myself to him. So many people go to church and do it out of formality. Jesus says, if you'll love me and pursue me, I will become a reality. I will show up. I will manifest myself. There will be a a display that you can never even begin to wrap your brain around because I'm that good. Amen. Jesus says, I want to reveal myself to you. And I reveal myself to those that love me. You remember when you first got saved? 
when you first asked Jesus into your heart, how awesome it was, how exciting it was. It was because our hearts were tender towards God and God began to reveal Himself. Those that are lost, they don't have an understanding of heaven and hell. You realize that? I said those that are lost, those that are apart from Christ, they don't have a concept of heaven and hell. They don't have a concept of separation from God. The Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Now there was a season where in the church we preached hellfire and brimstone. You realize that people can make a choice based upon being afraid of something. I don't want to go to hell. But all they've done was made a decision of saying, I don't want to go to hell, but still live in hell. Jesus says, I want you to come and know my goodness. I want you to know my faithfulness. And it's that that will cause you to have a heart to love me. Not because of fear of hell. But simply because I'm that good. You know what? Most believers don't have a reality of hell. They don't have a reality of what they have been set free from. In fact, for that matter, there are some that believe, you know what? I don't believe that there is a hell. I don't believe that there is a devil. I believe that Jesus came and because Jesus came, everybody's good with God. Well, that totally violates the Word of God. But also, that would also make God an unjust God. Because the Bible says without the remission of sin, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Jesus came to pay the price. And so everybody before Christ that ever went to hell, and Jesus spoke of one particular one, Lazarus and the rich man, rich man being in hell. If he had no escape because Jesus hadn't come yet, then God would be an unjust God saying, well, some have to go to hell. And some are exempt. No, the freedom from hell is a choice that we make to receive the love of God. And as I said, I don't really believe that most Christians truly understand how much God loves us and saved us from. But you know, for that matter, I think God wants us to truly Focus on His goodness. Because when we fall madly, passionately in love with Him and have a love affair with Him, life becomes so awesome. It's not a matter of whether I'd want to walk away from God or not. Who in the world would want to walk away from a God that loves me, takes care of me, heals my body, mends my marriage, takes care of provision, and makes sure that I have a roof over my head? Who would want to walk away from a God that loves me and go back into a sinful lifestyle? Come on. So it's not this fear of being separated from God that I don't believe God wants us to focus on. I believe God truly wants us to experience the love of God. And it's that very thing that begins to be translatable to people in their life. Right? My kids, they fear me as a father. They don't want to get punished. But they don't go around being good kids simply because they're afraid they're going to get the wrath of dad. They're good kids because of the love affair that we have in our home. Right? 
They're good-natured kids. They're good-mannered kids. They're happy kids. Why? Is it because I beat happiness into them? No. I love happiness into them. Right? So why do we think God is any different? He says, keep my commandments. So what is that? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 29, you doing okay? He says, if you love me, you'll be loved by my Father. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In verse 29 of Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, Jesus answered him and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. Verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You can have it all, Lord. Just the song that we sang. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. And it's this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Does that mean that the Ten Commandments were done away with? No. He says, listen, if you'll keep these right here, all those other things will line up. Right? I'm not going to be thinking about cheating on my wife if I keep the commandments and walking in love toward God and toward my wife. Can't happen. It's when I stop being thankful for my wife and the blessing that God gave me that I start looking somewhere else. There might be better. The grass is greener over there. Right? If I begin to experience the goodness of God, I won't look to something else. Well, maybe life is more fun over here. Maybe substance, maybe things, maybe wealth will give me the joy and the happiness I'm looking for. No, when I find out how much that I'm loved, I just fall in love with Him. But then He says this, not only will you fall in love with God and surrender your life, He says, but you'll just simply love people. So what does that look like? Number one, to love God. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 says this. I love those who love me. Remember we already read this. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently will find me. God says, love me with all your heart. But I'm not going to dangle a carrot out in front of you. If you love me, I'm going to let you find me. If you want to find my goodness, I won't hide it from you. I'll let you find it. If you found out that I love you so much that I want to heal your body, I won't keep healing from you. I'll let you find me, your healer. If you're struggling in your life financially and you're needing provision, you need a job, you need something to put you over, I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God that sees the head and provides. I won't hide myself from you. I'll let you find me and I'll begin to make a way for you. If you'll seek me, if you'll love me, if you'll surrender to me, I'll let you find me. John chapter 14, verse 21, once again, he says this. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he is loved by me. He said he's loved by my Father. And I will manifest myself to him. Do you know the difference between somebody that talks about God, but then talks about the God that they know? If you've ever ran into the difference or the two, the one that talks about the God that they know compels you to know the God that they know. Oh, I want to go to church where you go. I want to experience what you've experienced. Tell me, how do I know Him? 
because you've experienced him and he's manifested himself to you. Number two, he says this, love your neighbor. Mark chapter 1 verse 17, Jesus said unto them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. He said, listen, here's part of my commandment, love people. And he says, if you come follow me and love me, I'll make you to become fishers of men. And here's the thing. People say, oh, dear God, I got to tell people about Jesus. Jesus says, I'll just, I'll help you become that. And here's how I'll help you become that. I'll love you so good. I'll help you so much. You can't help but tell people about me. I'll make you become it. Right? My daughter, yesterday, when we went hanging out together, we went shopping. And I just had it in my heart just to buy her some outfits. And actually, I, I, I had a price range. And so we walked into the store, and I saw this thing. I'm like, whoa, that is cool. And so I held it up for her, and I says, you like that? She's like, yeah. I looked at the price tag. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, well, I said, well, hang on to it. I said, well. And then I found another shirt. Uh, wow, that is cool. And they came accessorized. And I'm like, you like that? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that was cheaper. I'm like, you want that one? She goes, yeah. I said, well, let's go try them on. And so she, we went into the dress room and she tried them on and she looked cool in both of them. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so we got both of them. It was just my heart as a dad. Come on, that's your father. Just to love you and bless you. And when she got home, she was strutting like a peacock. And she wasn't bashful to tell her sister about what dad did. Hey! hey, hey. <laughs> right? That's the way God wants to be with his kids. Not to where you bashfully, timidly thinking, Oh dear God, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. No, he wants us to say, Man, God loves me. Look at what my God did. And to where it's not something that we're bashful about at all. But God wants to be real to us in our lives. And he says, I'll make you become fishers of men. Now listen, we got fish up here. And I'm a good fisherman. I'm awesome. We'll talk. I've... Honed in my skills a little better. <laughs> so listen, I wanted to show you how awesome of a, of, a, of a fisherman I've become. Because Jesus says, I'll make you become a fisherman. And so I want to show you how good I am. Let's see if I can master this here. All right, baby. We'll get the, get the big one. Come on, baby. Whoo! Hey, there we go. I got him. <laughs> there we go. I got him. There he is. Flopping around. Oh, stay up there. <laughs> Wow. Come on, he's he's flopping around. He's can't breathe, he's dying. <laughs> listen, I listen, I, I want I just I'm such a good fisherman and that was so easy and so I was starting to look for, for a fish tank and I found one and then as I found one my, my girls they said to me, like, Dad, can we have that? And I'm like, listen, we've already got a big fish tank, you don't need a little one, you know, they the, the goldfish they're they just, they're dirty, you know. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to do this illustration at church. And, and I, I thought, you know, man, I want to get some fish. But every time you look for a fish, I'm thinking, dear God, they're like five, six bucks a piece. I'm like, it's just a stinking illustration that I'm doing. And so last night I went to pet, uh, uh, Petco. Is that right? 
Petco, is that right? Yeah. Off of, off of Miller there? Stay there. Don't go nowhere. Went to Petco, and they had these feeder fish. And she said, look, those are 35 cents a piece. And I'm like, 35 cents? Give me three of those babies. I'll take them. Oh, here, listen, he's dying. He's dying. I'm going to put him back in. There you go. There you go. All right. I saved you. I saved you. Listen. Is he floating? <laughs> 35 cent fish. And some of you lost your attention on me and started being concerned about a fish that was dying. You have all kinds of neighbors that are dying without Jesus. You have all kinds of people and family that are dying and going to hell. But you care more about a little goldfish that costs 35 cents that I'm going to feed to my bigger fish when I get home. Are you seeing the point? People are going to hell. Jesus wants to love you so that the love affair of your life becomes so evident and real and transparent that people want to know the God that you serve. Because He loves us. He loves us. That's why we exist, folks. To love God, to love people, and to love life. Rather than looking for something that is better. There is nothing better. I don't want to be anywhere else on Sunday morning than hanging out with the people of God that love God. Why? Because we're living the love affair. And my heart is, is that we would grow as a people that love people more than we do 35 cent goldfish. Amen. God loves you so much. And He just wants you to experience that. And He's been waiting to manifest His love in your life. All He's asking is, God, you can have it all. And when you say, God, here I am, you get His best. Can we stand? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to challenge you and encourage you today to fall passionately in love with the God that loves you so much. This whole Christianity thing is not a religion. It's not about a building. It's about a relationship with a loving God. That He said and He promised that He would manifest and make Himself known and make Himself real to you. Are you ready to cultivate? Are you ready to establish a love affair? Listen, I know there's a lot of buzz right now about 50 shades of darker or whatever it is with Jesus there is an infinite number of light and love and life he wants to have a love affair with you and he wants you to know him 
If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I went to church and I thought I was okay with God, but I want to know that I know that I know that I know that today is a day that I made Jesus the Lord of my life and I began that relationship and love affair. If you're here today and you said, I've never known God to be real in my life, even though I confessed Him as Lord, today's your day to know Him. If you say, I just want to fall passionately in love with God and experience His best, today's your day. And so if that's you in any of those invitations, I just want to pray for us all. Nobody's looking around, not going to call anybody forward. But if you're here this morning and that touches home, it reaches you. And you say, that's me. I want that. Would you just raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand back there. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that one. You can put it down once you put it up. Anybody else? You say, I just want to fall madly in love with Jesus to know him. I'm not talking about knowing about him. I'm talking about knowing him. If that's you, just raise your hand last time. See that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to take my place, to pay my price. You hung on a cross. You went to hell. And I believe you raised on the third day and ascended back to heaven. And therefore I ask you, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior from this day forward. I commit to you. I surrender it all. I want a love affair with you. And manifest yourself. Make yourself real to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's take the next step. Amen. Let's live out loud. Let's live life the way God intended it. Praise God. Let's worship God one last time before we leave. Amen. and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.